Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. As always, this is your host, Arsenio reporting, not live, but you know what? Today is another special day for round two. I have decided to bring back Fernanda. Fernanda, how are you doing this uh this evening? I'm doing great. Hello. Oh man, it's good to have you back. Um, I'm so happy that I finally brought you back. I know we did, of course, a podcast last month and whatnot, but uh, there are some very interesting questions I want to ask you. Now, okay, you are a teacher, obviously, just as I am. We are literally probably fourteen thousand kilometers apart. But, uh, mm-hmm. there are some things, you know what, I was asked some very interesting questions yesterday. So, I work at a bank, and I also teach a doctor on, what, what, today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, on Mondays. So, my students, back to back, now these people, they don't necessarily know each other, but they ask me, they say, Arsenio, um, when I actually hear you ask me a question, I think in my language, how to answer the question, and then I reply in English. And so then after that, a doctor actually asked me the same question. She said, I always have a tendency of thinking of the answer in my language before reverting back to English and then answering you. That's why there is a delay. So, Fernanda, my question to you is, do you have problems with your students in terms of you asking in English and then, of course, you know, them responding, you know, thinking in Spanish and then responding in English? What do you think? Well, it depends because I work at a public uh, school and some of them have private lessons. So their level is advanced and whatever I throw at them, they have no problem. <laughs> However, yeah, that's the truth. However, uh, the ones that only study English with me, um, they have a lot of problems. And it's really hard for them to get them speak in the first place. And they have, like, lots of problems. I, I try to have a dialogue about a singer and they don't even understand the questions in the first place. <laughs> so it, I, yeah, and they ask for a lot of vocabulary. So I guess that that same process that they, that you just described, some of my students do that as well. And, oh my God, it sounds like a lot of work. Right. But it's just some just how some people's brains work. Huh. Um, at the moment, I'm just like thinking in English and just my brain is just wired this way after all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in Spanish at all. It's just oh, wow. all English. I think of it and I say it aloud and that's it. But yeah, some of my students do it okay so do you think it okay so you think in english and of course you being uruguayan or Uru, 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 yeah. uruguayan yeah there you go there uruguayan. you go yeah okay and you be it of course 
Uruguayan. Um, and being, of course, that, that Spanish being your native tongue, how did you get yourself to just think in English? Is it because over the course of what ten years, twenty years, or when did that happen? I couldn't tell you the year right. it happened, but just to let you know, um, started private lessons in 1997. Wow. And I sat for FCE for first certificates in 2004. Mm. So I would say that around 2000 or maybe a bit before that, 2004, definitely I was thinking in English. I can tell you that. And, and how and how do you think in English when there are no foreigners around you? I mean, you don't speak English on a regular basis, do you? Like from 1997 to 2004? Um, well, I read a lot. I remember that. Um, I had some practice with my teacher, of course. We had some listening comprehensions. We did things, um, but it's much easier now, I can tell you. Mm. Now my my ability to, to practice English, audiobooks are much easier to get, mm. um, YouTube, of course, um, programs in English. Oh, my God, there are so many of them and so little time. Um, but I just, I remember I just managed, I remember, oh, I remember this. It was my idea. It was like in the last few years before FCE, I remember I had a private teacher uh-huh. and I told her, um, I want to practice my English and I want to look at news on the internet and I want to, and I want to tell you about them. And she said, yes. So every time we had a lesson, like twice a week, I looked uh, at the news online and I told her about a recent event that had happened. Oh. Yeah. That was the time there was already, like, broadband connection in my country. Right. Um, so I used to do that. Yeah. My first introduction to to news in English, which is really fun. Oh. I like news in English. The BBC, I like, um, yeah, The Guardian. The Guardian has a great website. So you just ended up, you know what, because there was a, man, I love telling this story. I knew a guy, his name was Ezra. Ezra and I, we took Spanish to honors, okay? Now, of course, mi mamá es puertorriqueño, okay? My mother is Puerto Rican, for those of you who cannot speak yeah. Spanish. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, she never taught me Spanish. She never said talk to me in Spanish unless she told me to take out the trash. The only word I remember is da 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 la, la basura. And <laughs> that's all I remember her Saca saying. Basura. Ah, there we go. There we go. I remember she used to say that all the time. And I understood what it was, but she never said anything else. So I remember taking Spanish 2 in senior year of high school. This man, Ezra, who's African-American, he used to sit behind me. 
And he actually understood a lot of Spanish. And so I remember seeing him a year later and he spoke fluent Spanish. And I said, how did you do it? He said, to be honest with you, I listened to – I watched the news. I spoke to people in Spanish. My friends, uh, they all speak Spanish to me. He he surrounded himself with just Spanish, and it sounds like you did the same thing. Yes. Um, in my case, it was different, a mm. bit different. Right. Because I just took advantage of – the few opportunities that I had regarding the internet and some books. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's much easier now for the students of English nowadays because you can get books online, you can get audiobooks, you have YouTube. Exactly. You have the newspapers online. Uh -huh. uh, you have TV shows in English that are very easy to get. Uh -huh. Netflix, for example, you can get subtitles in English on Netflix, and everyone has Netflix today. Um, oh my God, I'm so jealous, really. <laughs> you know, when we were uh, growing up, could you enjoy it? <laughs> Remember, 1997, early 2000, the internet was a baby, okay? There was no such thing as podcasts. There were no videos. There was nothing. We no. had to go to the library to get information. So Yeah, I remember getting to my public library Damn. here in Mondeo, a huge building. Uh, oh, my God. And I remember <laughs> doing that. Actually, in 1999. Right. So, internet Ooh, I was. That too. There was no internet. You know, when broadband in Uruguay, like internet you could use 24 hours a day? 2003. Uh, 2003. Yeah, yeah. I remember because we had a computer in my home uh, in 2001. That's when we used to play video games, of course, online. But there was no Messenger. There was no MySpace. There was no Facebook, obviously. Uh, Facebook came 2006, mm -hmm. and that was for university students only. So it was hard to communicate mm -hmm. with people all around the world. And I remember MSN Messenger came 2001, and I was like, oh, I could talk to people. Wow, you know? <laughs> Oh, we're getting so old, Fernanda. We're getting old. It's been a while. Well, MSN, I remember using it in 2008, 2009. After that, it just went away. Right. So sad. <laughs> and then AOL came, of course, but... You know, um, it's kind of like this. I want you to ask me a very simple question in Spanish, Fernanda. And I want to I wanna help these people who are listening to this podcast. I want to see if I think in English and then try responding in uh, Spanish. But that's not what I do. So ask me a very basic question in Spanish. Go ahead. Let's see if I understand okay. first. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, bien, bien, ¿y tú? Bien, gracias. Oh, okay, now ask me a follow-up question to that. ¿Qué has hecho hoy? 
Oh, damn, I don't know that. <laughs> oh, no, man, I need to know these basic questions. But you, Bam. But, but see, <laughs> I understood when you said comitas or como, well, como estas, you know, there's yeah. different ways and dialects, of course, of, to say it. But como estas, of course, is how are you? So then I hurry up yeah. and responded. I said, bien, bien, y tú, because I know that vocab. I don't go to English. I, I don't think in English and say, okay, what did she say? Oh, she said, how are you? Uh, how are you? Uh, oh, bien, bien, y tú. No, 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 no. I'm taking that Spanish in directly and I'm responding directly. I'm not using English whatsoever. So I don't understand mm -hmm. the problem with some students in terms of, what you know uh, uh, for uh, for example do your students if you say how was your weekend do they repeat how was your weekend and then they think about it in their language and then they respond to you in english how do they do it again some of them must do this complicated process in their brain <laughs> and right. try to think of an answer and the whole thing and some of them may answer right away because they have studied English for a number of years. It depends on the students. I have a wide variety of cases, and they're all different. So there's not a simple, uh, single answer here. Mm, okay, okay. Because what, one of my friends yesterday, uh, well, actually, student, and she asked me, she said, Humai, Humai, that means, are you hungry in Thai? And I say, Hugh Mock. Yeah. I said, I'm very hungry. See, I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I, when she asked me, Hugh Mai, I didn't say, okay, Hugh means hungry and Mai is a question. Oh, am I hungry? Uh, Chai, Hugh Mai, uh uh. She said, Hugh Mai. I said, Hugh Mock. Very, very quickly within like one second. But Thai students or maybe students around the world, they, I think they overthink, they overanalyze and, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I think it revolves around. Huh, I it's just interesting. I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. <laughs> but I don't think there's yeah. no real answer to it. Yeah, but I I would like to to add something. Sure. Um, the thing is, I would advise any student of any language. What you just said, not don't overthink it. Right. Like try to speak and don't worry if you make too many grammar mistakes. Just worry about getting your point across mm. and making yourself clear. Okay. All right. Okay. Actually, that's what's what. Uh, sorry, that's what it's it's more important to evaluate students here in Uruguay. When they sit for an exam because they've been too lazy during the year, they have to sit for an exam. Right. Or when we have an oral evaluation. It's like, it's not so much about the grammar. The grammar is evaluated, of course, but what, really, what we really want them to do is to communicate. Mm. Okay? If you mix up a verb or you forget a part of a tense, whatever, it's just, it's just not that important. I mean, mm. you'll get to the grammar layer, but yeah. if you don't open your mouth and start talking, 
you'll never get it. You'll never get it. And it's so hard. So just roll with it. Get out there. Talk to some people. Make mistakes. Practice to some people online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, what is it? Yeah, like, so some teachers, of course, over the age of 569,000, they would come here, and, of course, if a Thai student who's trying to develop a, you know, develop confidence, if that Thai student makes one single mistake, they would correct them rather than echoing them, rather than showing them, oh, okay, you said that, okay, this is the correct way. They actually take away the confidence by saying, no, no, it's not, are you have, are you have, what is it, uh, do you have, uh, are you have a pencil, it's do you have a pencil, it's do you have, so they would take away that confidence by jumping all over the student, and then that, once you take away the confidence, it takes away communication, so, I mean, how, how do you correct your students? Well, um, for example, if we are practicing a dialogue and I have to put a mark and I'm just, sometimes I take notes and after we finish with the dialogue, I tell them. That would be the the, the best thing for them. So we don't stop talking so I can tell them the mistake. No, no, no. No way. Um, again, um, that obsession with grammar, um, I mean, I get it. Grammar is important. You have to study it. But you learn with, the, with examples. It's just, it's just the context. That's what works. Right. What you just said, um, think of this. Think of the same question in an American high school. Mm, example. Uh, the do, mm-hmm. the auxiliary at the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. If you say it too fast, you can almost, it, it's almost unnoticeable. Right. So that answer from the Thai student, I mean, he will get his meaning across in an American high school, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, see, oh, it's that's just, a good point. That's a good point. I, I don't see, I don't see the, the advantage of just slashing their throat, you know, just, just making them feel terrible. For, us, for some students to, to utter a word takes a lot of effort. And why would you do that to a student? Right, right. I so it's getting out of their comfort zone. Uh, why? Uh, that's, a, that's a gem. That is very, very important. For those of you out there who are listening uh, and will listen to this, um... That is a very, very... But you know what, man? I've had students... You know what? Ugh. There is one particular student. I uh, did an interview with her. Well, not an interview, but a conversation. Had one with her on here. And she made a very interesting point. She said she started to have dreams in English. But the thing is, her obsession with English came probably around 8, 9, 10 years old. 
So by the time, of course, 14 rolled around, she was she spoke perfect English, but she had never traveled to America before. Her accent, her this, her that. And I'm like, how did you learn? And it's exactly what you said. The podcast, the the TV shows, the, the YouTube, the this, the that. I mean, surrounding and literally thinking only in English. I think that is a brilliant concept. Yes. We should really take advantage, both teachers and students, take advantage of the opportunities the internet has to offer. Mm. Books, podcasts, YouTube, the news. Um, If you are a student of English, go to the BBC website, Mm -hmm. listen to the news in English, they're really good. There are podcasts with vocabulary. Um, there is so much you can do. Just get out there, um, read, read a lot of books, read a lot of fiction, biographies. There are some great ones around. Just start reading, start listening, and start speaking. Yes. Now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, for Fernanda, for coming back on another podcast. Of course, I'm going to be bringing Fernanda on very, very often, guys. This is going to be a nice little thing between her and I. So uh, stay tuned for another episode. But I really wanted to basically talk about that. I think a lot of students are struggling with this specific area. And I think we were able to knock off some very key points so they could probably use them in terms of learning English. All right. All right. Well, thank you for having me again. It was it was so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> thank, thank you, Fernanda. And as always, guys, uh, I will be writing somewhat of a blog on this post, and you guys will be able to see it. I will transcript once I get over a certain amount of plays. When people start requesting me to transcript the episodes, I will definitely transcript it. So until then... You guys can just listen, 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 and practice that listening. As always, this is your host, and again, Fernanda, thanks so much for joining. Over and out.